This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hockey fans, and welcome back to Rotowire Signature NHL Hockey Pod Puckcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruin, Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. And my co host, AJ Schultz, is back with me this week and remains a great follow. And I'm finding out a troller, too. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the gears last week with a couple of leaf losses and uh, had some interesting quips uh, on his Twitter feed aimed at me. I, I took it because I know I'll get him back at one point, but he's sitting there comfortably in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm happy to have him back. Good day, partner. How are you? Pretty good, Paul. Feeling uh, feeling better after, uh, you know, missed, uh, missed last week on the IR with uh, due to illness, but, uh, you know, I'm back and rolling today. Uh, but, you know, let's, uh, we got some some big moves to talk about with our two clubs. So we'll dive in uh, to the rest of the show here. I'll just remind our listeners real quick that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, you can tweet at us. We'll try and answer those questions for you. As Paul mentioned, you can follow me at AJ Scholes two four, and you can follow Paul, the stats man at Statsman 22. And AJ, I'm glad you're feeling better, but the flu bug seems to have hit a couple of teams in the NHL too, so uh, that tells you how plugged in we are. I guess we're really close <laughs> to that as well. <laughs> but, uh, AJ, let's start as we always do with a look around the league, and that's uh, beginning with the Anaheim Ducks. They went 2-0-2 last week, and uh, Andre Casse, uh, feeling the illness bug too, was, is listed as day-to-day. That's a shame because he has nine points in his last 13 games played in a top six role on right wing er, meanwhile eric Brand- goodbranson uh, is also on the infirmary there with an upper body hurt he's listed on the ir that's a blow to their defensive structure they have a couple of defensemen that might be in play in terms of trade talk too we'll get to that kind of thing next week when, when we're almost on the eve of the trade uh, deadline and so we'll get into those details but another defenseman here that i want to look forward to seeing if he gets an increased role is Michael Del Zotto. He's going to move up to the top four. And in the last couple of years, he's become a little more defensively sound. Uh, He's got all kinds of offensive upside, though, and that's uh, what we're looking for in terms of a possible payoff here. Ryan Miller, their backup goalie all season long, has uh, looked good of late, and it could be time where he might be involved in trade, Doc. Uh, He's got only 10 goals against in his last five starts, and uh, five of those even came in one game. So pretty steady in four of the five starts, uh, most recently for the 
veteran there. And finally, Adam Henrique is making a bid for more playoff, playing time in the top six role. He's picked up three points in his last two games played, but they want to give every chance they can to incumbents Getzlaff and particularly Sam Steele there. So keep an eye on the center distribution and the power play time that these guys might get going forward. You know, Paul, it's an interesting point you made there about Ryan Miller. Um, you know, he certainly could um, field some calls. There are a couple of teams uh, around the league that might want to address their backup situation. It's it's not a player that I, um, you know, really thought about. But you look at their system, they've got a number of, uh, you know, young goalies uh, sitting around in the minors who are under contract, and including a guy that I've talked about uh, a bunch on the show, uh, Anthony Stollers. Um, so if you move Miller, you could give one of those guys a look, you know, this is not, uh, I'm not saying John Gibson is, is washed up here by any stretch of the imagination. He'll still be their number one next year, but, um, you got to see what you got. You got to plan for, uh, the future, obviously Miller, it will be an unrestricted free agent after the year's over. He'll be 39 years of age. It wouldn't be a surprise to see him, uh, hang him up here. So it'll, it's, it's an interesting situation to watch. And honestly, one, uh, that I hadn't really thought of. Well, you did now, and you did a great job with it. <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes went 1-2 and two last week, but they helped my Maple Leafs with a victory in Montreal, a 3-2 win. This game looked uh, like a carbon copy of the Leafs' loss on Saturday night, AJ. The visiting team dominated the shot clock for two periods, and the Canadians turned the table. It was tied late, and I thought, oh, this is going to be another Canadians' overtime win. And then, lo and behold, they get the victory in the last minute of play on a power play with Chikrin blasting a shot past Carey Price and uh, the visitors took the game 3-2. to two. Derek Stepan had a good night, a goal and an assist. Phil Kessel added a goal uh, to account for the victory there. Ranta was a net and he made 26 saves to register the W. Uh, in, in terms of Ranta, he's dealing with a bit of a ro- lower body injury situation so I'm surprised that he actually got the game last last night and uh, last week he won uh, with a shutout in his only start so when he's in between the night the pipes he's he's done very well of late despite that bit of a bumpiness in his injury situation uh, another guy on the IR in the goalie situation is Darcy Kemper he's been there since December 19 there is a slight chance that he might play tonight but otherwise it's Aiden Hill and then that's for the uh, Coyotes who are continuing to hang around the fringe of the playoff race there. We mentioned Phil Kessel. Before last night, he had been in a recent slump. 12 goals on the season before yesterday. Now it's 13. He's got an ugly minus 24 as well. So Phil the Thrill not delivering the goods out there like I thought he might. But uh, maybe he's going to finish strong. They certainly need that uh, down the stretch. Oliver Ekman Larson, another guy on the injury list that they can ill afford. To, to have out there. He missed the last four games before last night. I wonder if he was back in there, AJ. Maybe you can take a quick look at that situation. And then finally, Derek Stepan, only one assist in his last eight games before last night. He had a goal and an assist, so maybe he's ready to snap out of things over there. So can you give us an update on Oliver Ekman Larson and your thoughts on the Coyotes? Yeah, so Ekman Larson did play last night, uh, just 17.50 of ice time, which is pretty low for him, uh, especially considering you look at his season average is just under 23 minutes a night. So they're obviously easing him back in. He didn't really do much uh, in terms of power play ice time, just 25 seconds. So without, you know, you figure the next game they'll add in uh, a little bit more of that power play workload, and and you'll see those minutes pop back up. So not surprising, didn't do a whole lot, uh, just 1.6 points on on FanDuel last night uh, to show for that game. So uh, I expect that to start trending upwards. Now, 
His numbers haven't been great on the year, 22 points in 54 games. So he's going to really have to pick it up if he wants to hit that 40-point mark uh, for the third straight season. And and really, he's only missed it once, uh, and that was 39 points in 2016-17 since, uh, if you go all the way back, since the 2013-14 season when they were still the Phoenix Coyotes. Very good. Uh, Boston Bruins went three and one last week, and AJ typically they're led by somebody on that big line. And last week was Patrice Bergeron with a goal and four helpers. But right behind them was Charlie Coyle, who's pro- produced impressively of late, three goals and one helper last week. And uh, I want to hang on to him for a minute there in discussion and say, you know what, the bees need to find something in the way of secondary scoring because they're not among the top scoring teams in the league. Certainly they have a fantastic defensive structure, which we've highlighted all season long. But that might be even jeopardized just because Yarrow Halak has been a, a a stalwart in getting almost as many starts as as Tuka Rask, and that's been central to the ability of Rask to play long into the spring and uh, early summer sometimes, it seems, uh, with the long playoff runs the Bruins have had there. But uh, Yarrow Halak dealing with an upper body injury, that could upset the apple cart a little bit over here. Meanwhile, in terms of more good news offensively, Charlie McAvoy, who uh, has had a bit of a low-scoring season for him, uh, has picked it up of late a goal and three helpers last week. And on the flip side, Danton Heinen, this is a guy I thought would find his way into the top six here by now, but he's been relegated to fourth line minutes on the left wing. So not all the news is peachy keen here in in Boston, and uh, I wonder what you think about the Bruins situation. I also think that the the other teams in the league should be calling the Detroit Red Wings and figuring out how they dominate the Bruins. They've beaten them twice in the two times they've faced one another. The worst team in the league beating the best one. Yeah, absolutely. That's some game film that you're going to want to pour over uh, and and study if if you're playing Boston at any point the rest of the way here. And one player to keep an eye on uh, is Tory Krug. He's got uh, six points in five games in in February here, uh, and is tied with David Pasternak for the the lead this month uh, uh, for Boston here. Three of those six points come in on the power play. So they're definitely benefiting from having Krug back. He missed a a decent chunk of time earlier in the year, um, but he's back and rolling for them uh, on all cylinders there. And I think you're absolutely right, Paul. They need uh, scoring outside of that top line, uh, and it can't, you know, the solution can't just be defensively. Um, This is a team that I would expect to be pretty active heading into the deadline here. Um, there's a number of players that I think they're probably targeting. I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of the eight teams that have uh, reportedly called about Chris Kreider uh, and seeing what they can do here. And then obviously, if Halak's going to miss any chunk of time, do they need to find a replacement there for him? I, I think they do have some some decent net minders in the mine, minors, but nobody that's really been tested uh, that much. You know, Daniel Vladder's seen a couple minutes. They do have uh, Maxime Legasse, who's who played for. Uh, the Golden Knights last year a little bit. So there's some options there, but if Halak's out long-term, uh, you wonder if they maybe look uh, at what they can add at the deadline. The Buffalo Sabres will be selling at the playoff dead, uh, the trade deadline, AJ. They are 1-2-1 one, and one in their last four and fading from playoff contention, it seems. And one of the reasons why is Jeff Skinner not having the, nearly the year that he had last year. And that's some cause for concern. We're going to touch on a couple of concert, contract situations, no doubt, in this in this episode of podcast and one of them is has to be Skinner his ownership has dropped five percent around fantasy sports uh, leagues and he's pointless in his last seven since coming off the IR 
are. Look at the contract that remains, though. That's the issue here. $9 million for each of the next season for a guy who's got 19 points in 46 games played with a minus 18. I think it's the worst contract situation in the NHL. I defy you to come up with anything worse. In terms of other news around here, Jimmy Vesey is uh, doing okay of late. Two goals and two helpers. Jack Eichel continuing to roll along in a career-type season for him. But he, you wonder if his buy-in has been affected by the struggles with the Sabres. And one of those situations that's dragged the team down is looking for a second-line center. Evan Rodriguez had the job uh, for most of last season and only recently as he climbed out of the doghouse with two goals in his last five games played. I think it's too late to help this team get to the postseason, but maybe it's not too late to save his job there. And, uh, of course, top defenseman uh, for their immediate plans is Rasmus Dahlin. He's picked up the offensive game again uh, uh, with 10 points in his last 12, helper, 12 games. So there is some good news, but it's mostly bad news in uh, the Queen City. Yeah, the other problem they have that's that's been plaguing them for a stretch here is uh, the continued absence of Victor Olofsson. It really, you know, almost more than the Skinner injury, just because, you know, Skinner uh, was struggling this year, but they had a top line that was really rolling with Olofsson up there with Eichel and Reinhardt. But you look at the 16 games without Olofsson in the lineup, they've only won six of those. Um, and so they they have definitely struggled. Uh, you know, a couple of those games were, were gimme games too. They, they won against Detroit. Um, you know, they, they barely squeaked one out uh, over Columbus, which, you know, that, that game was a, a good performance by them. Obviously Columbus has been really good this year, but uh, they, they really have struggled to replace him. And, and it's kind of been, uh, you know, by committee here, they've had Jimmy VC up there as uh, Gergeson's played up there. I think, I think uh, Froelich has gotten a look with those two guys and there just hasn't been a fit. You know, they need to do something. The other thing that I've noticed with this team all year long, or at least for several weeks, is they've been dressing seven defensemen every night. Now, I get if you're stacked with defensemen that you really like and you want to get these guys in the lineup, that's great. Um, but it really causes havoc, in, in my opinion, on your line combinations and, and getting guys going. And it's not a strategy that I particularly like if you need to do it for a game or two. But this has been uh, kind of an extended thing for them. Maybe they're going to, you know, maybe they need to move somebody out to just solve uh, this issue of trying to get guys ice time. I think you're catering a little bit too much to your players. If you are that concerned about your defenseman ice time that you're going to go with seven guys every single night, uh, you know, they have guys in the minors. I know there've been some injuries down there as well that have caused some problems, but overall you need to give those guys a look and, and carrying seven defensemen every night is not a strategy for winning the Stanley cup. I'll tell you that. I agree with you. I mean, it's good to have them in reserve, but it upsets the apple cart in terms of the four lines uh, structure that most teams go with and to roll them uh, a little bit easier than mixing things up i i do think that they're going to move a defenseman they have a couple of veteran guys that i think are going to be sought after at the trade deadline so that should solve the issue in calgary they went one and two last week but they had a nice win in san jose last night a six to two drubbing of the hometown sharks David Redditch takes the victory with 34 saves. Milan Lucic, incidentally, probably had his best game of the season. One goal and two helpers. Zach Ronaldo, Mark Jankowski, Michael Backlund, a goal and assist each. Toby Ryder and 
Kachuk added singles. Sean Monahan's production here, though, he wasn't in the summary much, and he hasn't been much of late. Three goals and no helpers in his last nine games played. A minus 19. He's now moved over to the right wing on the top unit because Elias Lindholm is on a nice six-game point streak in the middle of the ice with six points in his last six games. TJ Brody was a guy that I looked at as a possible fellow who would step up in the absence of Mark Giordano and his injury situation, but Brody's continued with a, uh, a recent slump. No points in his last 11 games played, despite the fact he's logging big minutes, AJ. And meanwhile, on the right defense, uh, Rasmus Anderson has also seen his uh, minutes increase, and he has three shots on goal in, th- in three of his last five games played. That's higher than he's had for much of the season in terms of that rate, and picked up a goal and an assist in that stretch. So maybe he's the guy that they're looking at to pick up some of the load. Giordano, for his part, uh, continues to be listed as week-to-week with a hand string injury that implies to me that they might be hard-pressed to get him in the lineup before the regular season winds down and uh, the news got worse in the infirmary as Travis Hamannick may join him on the sidelines undergoing testing and missing at least the three games certainly that are on tap this week well they talked with this team you know a couple uh, about a month ago the talk was all adding uh, top six you know top six winger or, or something in that vein at this point uh, maybe they should be calling Buffalo about some defenseman there because <laughs> you're right without Giordano or Hamannick you know there's been talk uh, that Rasmus Ristolainen was available at the start of this year I don't know if he if he still is or not but he certainly would help fill a gap uh, with with uh, Giordano and Hamannick out you know I mean you mentioned Milan Lucic five points in his last two games uh, that you know almost uh, that's a third of his points on the year he's got 16 so uh finally figuring something out i don't know if he's uh trying to showcase something for for a move out of out of calgary here ahead of the deadline or or what uh, seems to be uh, changing course for him but uh, a couple good outings for the 31 year old grinder and Carolina went two and one last week, AJ. They're in the thick of the playoff hunt for sure. Justin Williams, though, his ownership went down 5% last week to 20% overall after his uh, hot debut this season. He has no points in four games that they played last week and only seven shots on goal. I reminded our listeners not to overrate him because he's still getting third line minutes there behind a couple of good top uh, forward units there. And uh, they're featured in the stats of last week as well. Sebastian Ajo picked up six points on four goals and two assists. Andre Svechnikov, two goals and three assists for his part. I've slagged uh, Jake, Jake Reimer much of the season, and justifiably so. He's had a terrible year, but last week he picked it up a little bit with four assists to lead the attack from the back end. And another ex-Leaf, uh, James Reimer, receded for two victories, and he's had a penchant for getting wins when they give up a lot of shots, and there was another big shot total against him in one of those victories. So he likes a heavy workload, and he's not getting it because Peter Mrazek has been so good, but at least he did do well in the starts that he had last week. For them to get a little bit of uh, you know help uh, from the blue line out out of Reimer is certainly uh, going to hopefully you know for them and for for Canes fans get them where they need to go. Uh, you know Mrazek uh, has not really carried the load uh, entirely the last last couple of stops. Um, you know you look at his game played la- uh, two years ago was 39 last year was 40 and this year he's at 34 so this is a guy that's a little more used to kind of splitting the duty so if they can uh, <clears throat> pare down his his starts and, and let Reimer go a little bit I think that'll be good for the team long term offensively they really have 
been clicking in February here. Uh, Aho seven points, Fetchnikov six. Uh, even Paul's favorite player, Jake Gardner, with five helpers in in those four games in February. So they're getting production kind of up and down the lineup. As you said, the one kind of um, you know dip right now is Justin Williams. But certainly, uh, if you already bought in on bought in on him, uh, I would just ride it out at this point. I think Justin Williams will get it going at some point. His minute totals will be up uh, here. If you didn't jump at at him right away, then maybe hold off. But I think it'd be too soon uh, to call for for dropping him. And in, in, uh, if you already did make the commitment there. We're up to the Chicago Blackhawks. They went 0-1 and 2 last week on the fringe of playoff contention. All the teams in that division are still remotely in the hunt. We thought that it would be what, the most competitive division in the league, uh, just because there's not too much to separate them all. And so far, we've been right. Uh, one of the surprises in Chicago, Dominic Kubalik. His ownership dropped five percent uh, to 70 overall. He only has one point in his last five games played, playing in a top six role. But uh, hitting a bit of a cold snap. I'd rather uh, recommend DeBrincat or Sad uh, on the left side as better options here. Both of them are scoring a little more regularly and uh, hold on to the top six roles at the moment. Robin Leonard has tw- allowed 12 goals against in his last five games played. Corey Crawford, 18 in his last eight. So the goaltending <coughs> and defes- defensive structures certainly look to be in order there. We talked about the fact that they bolstered the back end. And one of the reasons that's. Ha- one of the situations that's helped is Eric Gustafsson is starting to find his groove like he did last year in a, a career-type season. Young rookie Kirby Dock is locked in as second-line center. The youngster has six points in his last six games played, and boy, I like this guy's game. He's a big, rangy guy and got a lot of good handles. Uh, and uh, another note here, left defenseman on the second pairing, Nick Steeler, recently re- acquired from Minnesota, collected an assist in his Chicago debut, so a nice depth uh, on the Chicago back end uh, highlights the their recent uh, contention and and the play that they've, they've been putting out you know I was talking to somebody about Chicago the other day um, kind of the up and down season they had at the start of the year it looked like oh there's no way this is a playoff team they had a little bit of a, a progression there and now they're starting to dip back down and and as you said right on the fringe and a pretty compact uh, you know division and and even the western conference as a whole is pretty compact right now but there's some you know real reasons to be optimistic about this team long term you mentioned a couple of them and Debrincat and kirby doc uh i also really like i think matthew highmore is gonna eventually get a, a more extended look with the club and and can produce for them i've also been a fan of alex nylander i think uh, he got didn't really get a fair shake in Buffalo, and I, I think he'll be a good contributor for them long term. And then on the back end, I know Adam Bockquist is dealing with an injury right now, that, that shoulder injury, but it doesn't sound like it'll be a long-term issue. And I think he is another reason to be optimistic. So there's reasons uh, for hope there in, in Chicago. Now, are they going to be a playoff team this year? I don't think so, and part of that is I don't really see them adding – at the deadline here they're just so they're so close but still so far away that i think it risks too much uh long term to to be buyers here and so i think you have to think into the future into next year let the this year go uh you know let uh you know 
if you make it great, but uh, don't really hope for it. And then continue to build off these youngsters that they have coming in, which is something we haven't said uh, about the Blackhawks since probably they drafted Patrick Kane was probably the last time we talked about them having youngsters coming up through the ranks. That's right. It's quite a pipeline of late. The Colorado Avalanche went 4-0 and last week. They are going to make the postseason. That's a, not a bold prediction or a hot take. It's pretty obvious <laughs> right now, AJ. And their offense is ticking and bopping. Andre Burakovsky's ownership is up 7% to 67 overall. He had a five-point week. Nikita Zadorov, his ownership is up on the back end uh, by 5% as well. The blue liners contributing as well to the, to the totals. Uh, at the other end of the ice. Nate McKinnon, four more points to his ledger. Kale McCarr, five points. Nazem Kadri picked up four points, but also a, a lower body injury, so that bears watching. And Philip Grubauer righted himself a little bit after some recent struggles, picking up three victories last week. I think this is a team that really could use um, some added depth. Now, they've tried to kind of force depth into the forward combinations a couple times by moving Rantanen or Landeskog off that top uh, line. But really, I don't think you want to break those guys up. And and for me, I just don't see enough uh, scoring depth off of this team beyond what they have at the top. You know, Burakovsky is having a decent month, um, but he's been a very hot or cold player. And so has Valeri Nishukin. Nish- uh, and so really there's there's some reasons for optimism there they've been playing well um, but i would expect this team to try and add something to the mix here and try and get other combinations here uh outside of you know the big uh you know uh, mckinnon ranton and landeskog line well i'm glad you mentioned nichushkin because he's had a very nice rebound in in uh, fi- maybe found a home finally he was highly regarded as a power forward that should fit into the league at some point and he is right now and uh, i'm happy for him because he did go through a long period of struggles and was maligned uh, as much as anywhere on this program for a long time by yours truly columbus blue jackets went two and one last week they also suffered an overtime loss last night against tampa Merz Lincolns has been on fire of late, uh, but he did take the loss. 28 saves in the effort last night. Bjorkstrand got the goal. Benstrom and Dubois, the assists on the lone marker of the Columbus Blue Jackets. That was the first time they tangled with Tampa since the upset uh, that they pulled off in the playoffs last week. So it was an interesting game to tune in for a little while. Merz Lincolns, as I mentioned, uh, two wins and two shutouts last week. He's been red hot and making everybody forget about the injury situation in the Nets here because he's really handled the load very stylishly. But uh, behind him, it's injuries galore. Seth Jones sidelined indefinitely with an ankle hurt. That's a crushing blow here. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov has done a great job trying to explore, uh, absorb some of the minutes that Jones has left behind. And he's been productive at both ends of the ice. A good defensive structure in his game and uh, some offensive upside there too. Another injury, Cam Atkinson out again with an undisclosed hurt. Don't know the terms uh, of that hurt injury, but uh, a tough blow to their top six structure. Emil Benstrom is a guy who is going to get some of those top six minutes at right wing, but is pointless in his last seven games, so no help there so far. And in the middle of that second line, Boone Jenner has no points in his last two games, so 10 shots on goal in his last four with increased minutes per game. Maybe the solid playmaker is going to get get it rolling, and they could certainly use that to help to offset at the bumps and bruises they're absorbing elsewhere. 
With Seth Jones out of the lineup, the one player that I'm going to keep an eye on, I think it's too soon to jump and, and pick him up in your leagues, but Marcus Nutavara uh, should see bigger minutes. You look you know, on the year, 14-18 as the average, uh, understandably given that kind of small workload for a defenseman, has just three points on the year. But last night, he played almost 20 minutes of ice time. He Last two games, he's gotten some looks on the power play with, with Jones uh, injured. So he's a player that I'm going to just keep an eye on. I wouldn't say pick him up quite yet, but if he starts to get some power play minutes more consistently, if he's playing upwards of 20 minutes a night, certainly somebody who could uh, you know, start to produce with, with Jones out of the lineup. And I think it'll come down to whether it's him or uh, David Savard, who sees kind of the biggest uptick in minutes. Now, Savard is a player that we know. This is a guy, at best, you're going to get 20, maybe 25 points out of him at, at this point in his career. So for him, I'm not really jumping on that train, even if he does start getting power play minutes. You look at his production, uh, pointless in his last game, uh, eight games rather. But Nutavara, just somebody to watch and monitor. You know, Ryan Murray is still out of the lineup as well. Dean Kukan. So a really very banged up blue line is creating opportunities for some guys that are worth just checking in on. In Dallas, this is a team that's worth checking on of late. They're 2-1-1. One, one. The defensive structure of the team has carried them so far, but uh, some of the guys that have been underperforming are starting to pick it up a little bit. Uh, top of that list is Joe Pavelski with three goals and two assists last week. Anton Gudobin's been a, one of the best backups in hockey for the last several years and continued to, to thrive in that role, picking up two more wins uh, last week. Uh, uh, on the back end, Dennis Gurianov, Four, uh, four goals uh, and seven assists. He's now at right wing on, on the top line, may even see more minutes going forward because uh, Radulov is out day to day, possibly with a, an upper body injury. So Gurianov, a, a good looking winger there on the top unit, uh, might be a guy that uh, you act on if he's available in your leagues. I'd certainly recommend it at the moment. I think for me, I, I would hold off on, on Gurianov uh, for, for season long. Now, in daily contests, especially if Radulov uh, misses a couple more games, I think there's, a, there's an opportunity there to maybe jump on him. Um, but overall, for me, I, I'm a little bit uh, colder on, on his take and, and would fade uh, picking him up for, for season long right now. So we'll see. Maybe we'll check back next week, see uh, whose advice was uh, on, <laughs> on point there, Paul. Uh, the other thing I'll just mention, Joe Pavelski missed practice yesterday, upper body injury, uh, but they did call it a maintenance day. So I would expect him to be back and available. Not too uh, concerned about that one long term and his production has uh, if you f- want to find a knock on what he's been doing lately the the only thing you can say is during this five game point streak of those six points four have come with a man advantage so he's a little bit tied uh right now to to power play production but uh you know hey if it's going in the net it's going in the net i don't really care that much if it's five on five or uh with the extra attacker Exactly. We mentioned the Red Wings when we were talking about the Bruins. Uh, Jonathan Bernier, two wins in his last three starts and two and over the, versus the Bees this season. He's allowed only seven goals against in his last four starts, so he's given the Red Wings a chance. Uh, I mean, look, they're hopelessly out of contention, but uh, they've got to be playing free and easy going forward, you've got to think. With uh, center Franz Nielsen on the IR, Andre, Andreas Athanasiu is now listed as second-line center. Since he came off the IR four games ago, he's picked up a couple of goals, so look for him to get more ice time in the middle and see if he can be productive. Another bit of news there with, relating to a youngster, Philip Sedina missed 
last four games expected to miss at least two three more weeks so a tough uh, start to this guy's career he was all talk and so far very little action in terms of what we've seen on the ice from uh, a former first rounder uh, another uh, top prospect here taro high rose is back from the minors and gets a chance to fill in as a right wing on the second line so keep an eye on him because undoubtedly he'll get some time on the power play as well yeah, and Hyros, uh, you know, his minutes for, for tonight's game are probably tied to whether or not Robbie Fabry plays. Uh, he's dealing with a, a jaw injury. Um, sounds like he's, you know, kind of a game time call tonight. So you may have to, you know, check back, make a last minute decision on that one. Um, but yeah, I think you're right on point there. I think Hyros is the guy that gets even, you know, he's already going to see a little bit, uh, get an opportunity here with Zadina out, as you pointed out. But I think even more opportunity here if Robbie Fabry doesn't play. Uh, so something to keep an eye on there. Uh, other than that, you know, in terms of daily, there's just not a ton to really watch here. I, I think Robbie Fabry's having a great year. Dylan Larkin, uh, Anthony Mantha should certainly uh, get a look as he returns to the lineup after a, a really extended stint. He'll play tonight. Uh, might be a little bit soon, too soon for for daily contest, but he's back in action for the first time since late December. Uh, so having him as an option should certainly help. Detroit, uh, but really for me, uh, more often than not, I'm I'm picking against the Red Wings the rest of the way here. Unfortunately, for uh, for our Detroit fans, <laughs> and there are many of them in the home office as we mentioned from time to time. In Edmonton, their the record is one and two. Last week, they're nine games above 500 and really in the playoff hunt for real. And uh, one of the reasons why is Kyler Yamamoto's provo- produ- provided a big spark here. His ownership is up 8% last week. He's got seven points in his last seven games played, fitting in very nicely in the top six at right wing on the second unit. Meanwhile, uh, on the left side, James Neal's missed the last five games with an ankle, a high ankle sprain. Uh, that can be a troublesome long-term kind of hurt, but at least the good news here is that he's resumed skating, but uh, you can expect him to be missing for a little while still. Uh, in terms of uh, contracts that they got to deal with, Darnell Nurse is off that list after signing a bridge deal uh, for the next two years at a $5.6 million cap hit. This one is a bit of a head-scratcher for me, AJ, because uh, the end of those two, two uh, years, he'll be walking right into free agency. So I was wondering if the Edmonton Oilers couldn't get him to bite on a deal that would at least eat up one of those potential ufa seasons uh, they've bent over a little bit too far in this situation and uh, i wonder if nurse will hang around it'll probably depend on the fortunes of this team over those next two seasons in the nets mike smith uh, continuing to uh, provide stalwart uh, goaltending seven wins in his last eight starts only 20 goals against and three or less in eight of his last nine starts. So really some steadying influences by the veteran netminder in the Edmonton situation. I'll actually take a, a slightly different angle on it. I'm a little surprised, or I'm not surprised that uh, Edmonton wanted to take uh, a more passive approach to, to his contract situation here. When you've got a couple of youngsters in Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones that you want to see what you have in them, and so do you need to pay Darnell Nurse uh, after, you know, two more seasons when you have some other guys that maybe could slot in uh, to, to those spots? So maybe that's, you know, kind of the take um, from Edmonton's side. They've got, you know, Matthew Benning's going to be an RFA after the season as well. Um, so it, it could be more of just uh, do we need to pay Darnell Nurse at that point? Do we want to pay Darnell Nurse at that point and, and kind of play it by ear from, from their standpoint as well? And for him, if he has – 
two more good years he's betting on himself and and could make you know even more than that 5.6 so uh not totally shocked by it uh, i think there's some some decent reason you know to be uh you know for both sides on that one and in edmonton are there any more any words scarier put together than connor mcdavid and knee injury right oh. <laughs> um, but it sounds like it's more of a what uh you know, McDavid classified it as a Charlie horse might keep him out of the game tonight. That's still be, to be decided. Um, but at least, you know, it, it isn't anything related to, to the previous knee injury from all intents and purposes. Sounds like just a really a bad, deep bruise. That's going to make it painful to play if he does. Uh, but it seems to have avoided any sort of reoccurrence of that, that knee injury. The Florida Panthers uh, last week went 1-2-1, and and they added to their recent slump going winless for their fourth straight game, a 4-1 loss against Philadelphia. Sergei Bobrovsky's been in net for all of the, those games. Uh, 30 saves in that effort last night. You can't really pin it on him. The offense was missing. Uyghur scored the lone goal from Barkov, who's back in the lineup, and Aaron Ekblad. On the left side, on the third line, Frankie Vitrano's ownership has dropped a little bit of late. He was red hot for a while, but only one assist in his last five after that hot streak. Meanwhile, Mike Hoffman continues to roll along three goals and two assists last week. This guy is one of the more underrated players in the league, AJ, and he's had a hard time finding a role in the top six here again. I wonder if uh, he ruse the, the decision to, to wind up in Florida and might be hopeful of another move somewhere else where he can finally get top six minutes. Imagine what he could do. I, I think there's more upside there. As I mentioned, uh, Barkov returned to the center one, uh, center on the first line after missing three games last week, but uh, I think he needs a couple of games to get back in the groove, it seems. He was a perimeter player last night in that effort against Philadelphia. Sergei Bobrovsky, I mentioned, he's, he's got a lot of the heavy load of late, floundering in a couple of recent starts, allowing nine goals and 51 shots before last night's effort. So uh, maybe he's a little bit tired. They're certainly going to be looking to Samuel Montembeau tonight in the second of back-to-backs uh, because uh, of the injury to Chris Dreger, who was out for a bit of a, a time there. But uh, listen, Florida's fortunes in the Nets are tied to Bobrovsky. He's got to get his game back in order for them to uh, catch the Leafs or maybe a wild, par- wild card spot there. But uh, hopes are fading after that recent slump. I certainly agree that that the season is is pretty well tied to Bobrovsky. But the other, you know, concern for me, you look at uh, their production in, in the month of February. Uh, I probably could give you 15 guesses, and you may not be able to pick out who the number two point producer for them is right now, Paul. And that's Mark Syke, uh, the defenseman who's been playing uh, in those forward combinations. He's got three goals in six games. That's tied with Mike Hoffman. In those six outings, Vinny Trocek, just three points. Jonathan Huberdo, just three points. So really, uh, they're struggling to get production out of their top guys, which is something that we've periodically said about this team over the years. And and I, I think uh, it's, you know, for lack of a better way, it's put up or shut up time for these guys. And they need to step up the last, you know, two months here of the season if this team is going to make a make an appearance in the postseason. So not only do I say this guy trolls me last week, he trolls me even with that comment. Pissett got all three of those goals against Leafs. Don't you know I know that? <laughs> the Los Angeles Kings went 0-4 last week, partner. And uh, the big news on uh, their ledger is the trade that they made with the Maple Leafs, trading Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford to the Maple Leafs for 
Trevor Moore, who's been a depth forward in Toronto for a while, a former third-round pick. And they also get a third-round pick in the 2020 draft and a conditional third in 2021, which becomes a second-rounder on one of two conditions if they are achieved. If Clifford resigns in Toronto or Campbell records six wins in the remaining games of this season, he's got one under his belt and goes for another one tonight if he starts against the Coyotes this evening as expected. Moore, for his part, uh, in L.A. has played two games already, scored a goal in his second game for the Kings. And this is a California-born youngster, and he's got to be thrilled. I mean, he was happy in Toronto, but he's got to be thrilled to be going home and playing in front of his his, uh, home state fans. Meanwhile, Joaquin Ryan gets uh, is getting a heavy workload on defense here of late with eight shots on goal in his last two games played next to Drew Doughty. That's a prime uh, uh, prime occupancy spot that's been moved around a little bit. So keep an eye on Joaquin Ryan's situation going forward to see if he does continue to play with their uh, stalwart on the blue line. Cal Peterson is a guy that's moved up from the minors to take up the second goalie slot. Made his season debut on the weekend, allowing three goals against, but lost because his team couldn't get any offense for him. He made three 34 saves in that outing. I expect to get him uh, get him a fair share of the load here going down the stretch because there's no point wearing out Jonathan Quick at a season where the Kings are going nowhere. And uh, an indication that the white flag might be raised is Andre Kopitar picking up no points last week uh, in four games played and a minus six for one of the game's top uh, defensive uh, specialists when it comes to defending both uh, the other end of the ice and playing a solid two-way game. It's not there for Kopitar right now. Well, I don't. I think you're right. I think uh, the the white flag is up, and and you're going to see more guys out out the door here. Tyler Toffoli, I think, uh, will garner plenty of attention. Trevor Lewis is another UFA who maybe uh, a team or two would come calling on. Maybe if somebody misses out on a, on another player, you you call the Kings and and see if you can get Lewis on the cheap. And not to man- mention Alec Martinez. I think the appeal for Martinez is that he's got another year under contract. So you uh, you're not just you're getting two playoff runs with him rather than just one, and that's kind of shifted to be the the more appealing situation. So those three guys, I, I would be shocked if they're on the team come February 25th. Uh, but we'll have a, a podcast that day, and we can uh, we can see what happens. In Minnesota, the uh, other trade that went down that interests you more than me, the, the <laughs> Wild sent Jason Zucker to Pittsburgh for a conditional first in 2020, which could move to 2021 in the unlikely circumstance the Pens missed the playoffs. I think that's the condition. You can correct me if I'm wrong, AJ. But they ma- the Penguins managed to dump Alex Galchenyuk on the wild his contract expires a 4.9 million dollar cap hit expiring at the end of the season so that was the carrot that the penguins dangled but they also managed to pluck prospect kalen addison out of pittsburgh and uh he was a second rounder in 2018 he has 43 points in 39 games for spokane and whl i wonder how you feel about that move that could be a big chip that you'll miss down the line but in terms of what else is going on in minnesota kevin fiala's ownership uh, spiked by four percent last week on the heels of four goals and three assists in the last couple of weeks now at right wing on the top unit there alex stalock picked up both victories last week uh, He's outplayed Devin Dubnik recently, winning four of his last five starts, allowing 11 goals against in that stretch. Up front, Ryan Donato has four points in his last six games played. That's in limited minutes, and he may move up to a left-wing role in the second line to see if he can continue that recent role. Uh, Jason Zucker, his shots on goal rate was was down the last little while, and maybe 
greased the skids, uh, the rails for his exit. He only has one assist in his last five games played. I'm expecting that to pick up in Pittsburgh, though, AJ. Uh, I expect him to get a top six role there. When you get to the pens, you can fill us in. Meanwhile, the last note on Minnesota, Miko Koivu struggling with only one assist in his last six games played. He's been out for a while, and uh, this team goes nowhere if they can't get there one and two centers uh, skating in the same direction here and uh, Koivu right now struggling as I said yeah I'll dive in mostly on on Addison here and and uh, it was you know when the the trade uh, when trade talks for Pittsburgh came up Addison was kind of the one player I uh, didn't really want to see them give up you know Minnesota gets a guy put up nine points in seven games at, at World Juniors with with Canada this year uh, you look at his numbers in, in the WHL with, with Leatherbridge last two seasons, hit 65 points in each of those. He's got 43 through 39 games this year, so I'd expect him to continue that almost point-per-game pace uh, that he's held up throughout his junior career. And I think really uh, he's 19 years old, so I think he could be certainly in the mix for a roster spot on on this blue line next year probably could benefit from a little bit of time in in the minors so maybe won't make the roster right out of camp necessarily um, but he'll be in the mix uh, right up to the end I would imagine uh, up to the Montreal Canadiens they've had a really nice uh, run of late some success in overtime as I mentioned recently too three and oh last week uh, last night though they did lose three to two on that late goal Carey Price really shouldering the load in the nets another 31 save effort there the loss was not on him last evening on the bright side in last night's uh, tilt jake evans a youngster got his first goal in his third game and brendan gallagher recently off the ir had the other tally on a very nice individual effort and another youngster has been playing very well of late center on the second line nick suzuki has extended his recent point streak to eight points in his last seven games played really giving them some good work down the middle of the ice in the nets carrie price did get two wins in his two starts last week now has eight wins in his last 11 starts overall thomas tatar on pace for a career best season has eight points in his last seven games played uh, for the habs and on defense jeff petrie is a guy that i got a lot of time for he's playing big minutes with weber sidelined on the ir with that lower body injury uh, they also got good news in the infirmary as jonathan drewan returned to the lineup uh, he's been unseated from a top uh, top six left wing role though as Ilya Kovalchuk just keep ro- keeps rolling along and he's making a monkey out of me I thought there's no way that this guy was going to thrive in Montreal after a terrible season in LA but he's really revi- re- revived himself and at at the very least given the Canadians a bargaining chip of the trade deadline but they may even entertain re-signing this guy the way he's going well, I think the one kind of uh, silver lining, if you want to find it, about the Shea Weber injury is to give a guy like Xavier Olette uh, a look in the minors, uh, you know, or in the, the NHL, rather. Uh, this year with the Rocket, nine goals, 15 assists in 39 games, uh, set to really, you know, was on pace for a career year uh, in the AHL, needed just a couple more points to, to hit 30 for the first time. He's gotten a couple looks uh, with Detroit over the years. You know, he's 26 years old, so he's certainly not uh, your your teenage uh, prospect coming out. But I think this will be a good opportunity for them to give him an extended look. I'd rather, if I'm a, a Habs fan, I'd rather see him in the lineup than Christian Fullen uh, and really see what you have there. And, uh, you know, maybe utilize the, the Weber injury uh, to your benefit. 
The Nashville Predators went 2-1 and one last week, but last night they took it on the chin in Vancouver with a 6-2 drubbing at the hands of the hometown Canucks. Pekka Rinne was pulled after allowing four goals on 17 shots. UC Saros not much better, two goals against and 15 shots there. Smith and Granlund got the singles. Uh, as far as UC Saros, though, he did pick up two wins and three starts last week, kind of getting better results uh, for the past month than than the incumbent Rene. So you wonder if there's a change in, in store for next year that they might have to contemplate because Rene has really had a tough season overall. Another bad-looking deal that we talked about earlier, uh, a couple of uh, one or two bad contract situations, but you can add a couple here. Uh, Ryan Johansson, $8 million on the books for the next five years, only 31 points in the 54 games played. That's his lowest total since the 2012-13 season. How about Kyle Tour? We've uh, talked about his underperformance, but we've not talked about the contract, and we should here for a moment. $6 million cap hit there for the next four years. He's given them only 24 points in 47 games played. On the plus side, uh, well, another negative, uh, though, actually, there is not much of a plus side. Maybe you can find (laughs) it. But Victor Arvidsson, though, another key scorer underachieving. So really, it's the stagnant offense. Arvidsson, one assist in his last six games played. So that's three guys that I mentioned that really should help juice the offense and they're not doing it right now by a long shot and that goes a long way to explaining why the predators are in the middle of, of the pack and not at the top in this division well i'll try and find the good here uh as you mentioned there, there's not a lot but you know they are getting um production from a few other guys outside of those kind of top uh big contract guys you know Mikael Granlin four points in in five games this month nick benino has three points as well <clears throat> but unfortunately, those are two of their top three producers right now. So it, it, it it's a good that they're getting production from those guys, but it does unfortunately highlight all the problems that you pointed out. Look, you asked to find a worse contract in the league. I submit to you, per uh, what you just said, Kyle Turris, as an option for a worse contract uh, in the league. New Jersey Devils got some great work out of Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, there's no doubt he's the new number one there on, uh, in Jersey. Uh, two goals, two wins for him. His ownership was up 4% last week. Both of those wins were shutouts, incidentally. Uh, so he, he, he might be an interesting play in DFS uh, as long as he's on that kind of a hot streak. Could be a lower cost than some of the big names in the Nets that we usually see. Another guy who's turned it up of late is Damon Severson. I have mentioned time and again this guy has an offensive upside. We're seeing it of late with a six-game point, point streak currently intact. Cal Palmieri has a, had a very nice year, maybe the best year of any forward in uh, New Jersey. Three goals and one assist added to his totals. Blake Coleman, not far behind in terms of the way he's played the last month, continues hit hot, his hot streak with two goals and two assists. On the other side of the coin, Nico Heischer has missed the last three games and won't play tonight because of a knee injury. That's a bit of a concern here. He's one of their signature players and uh, they need to get him in the in the lineup to have any kind of a chance more often than not well we'll just keep rolling with the uh, potential bad contract hit list as uh you know we've got one point uh in the last seven games for pk suban making nine million a year this year and the next two uh so there's certainly a couple of contenders in the in the mix there and and it's really been a very disappointing season for for suban just 12 points in 53 games may struggle to hit 20 and and that's something that he's has never happened in his career in fact he's always hit 30 even last season managed just 31 uh in 63 games so uh really 
looking like we're going to have pretty much the worst year of his career here uh, in the first season in New Jersey. And another kind of concern for them on the blue line is the injury to Sammy Vatanen. Now, I get he's not, you know, your your stud uh, stud player necessarily, but there was plenty of talk about the, him being a trade chip. Uh, and now, if this injury lingers close to, you know, the next two weeks into the deadline here, you're not going to get a lot of takers for for an injured blue liner. They need him back in the lineup so they can kind of showcase him and see what they can get. He's going to uh, be a free agent this summer, so certainly could uh, be worth, you know, they don't have, they have the two first round picks next year after the Taylor Hall deal, but they don't have a second or a third rounder. Uh, and so that could be what they're targeting here for, for a guy like Vatnin, but they need to get him back in the lineup and, and let other teams take a look at him. AJ, the Islanders surprised Washington last night with a 5-2 win going into the nation's capital. Uh, Thomas Grice in the Nets for the victory, 26 saves on the, on his docket. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier continuing a nice recent run with two goals. Devin Taves, Komarov, and Eberle picking up uh, goals. Bailey and Nelson each had three assists as well. Uh, youngster Kiefer Bellows, his ownership is up 10% after picking up two goals and one assist in his first three games played in limited minutes i expect this guy to get a look uh, in a top six role if he keeps this up he's done it with only less than 12 minutes a game average uh, in the in the recent starts the the islanders did go two and one last week and in that seven day period anthony bovier paced the offense with two goals and two helpers Derek broussard two goals and three assists you know a lot about him seeing him up close and personal in pittsburgh for a while He's got his offensive game in order right now. And in the Nets, another guy who seems to have got his game in order is Semyon Varlamov. He's had a couple of really solid starts in early February, only giving up five goals against after a terrible few weeks from mid to late January. So it's good to, for the Islanders that Varlamov's back on the beam. And Grease, Grice uh, certainly has uh, uh, turned up his game of late too. So maybe the defensive structure's returning to the island and uh, they need that to stay in contention with the, the big boys in their division. Yeah, you mentioned Thomas Grice. He hasn't lost a game in regulation since December 26. Now, granted, he's only played eight games over that stretch, um, but he's got he's at least earning them a point every night uh, on a two game win streak right now. I would expect him to see plenty of the nets right now as he stays hot while the Islanders try and track down uh, that playoff spot. You know, you mentioned Kiefer Bellows. Uh, I think if if you're one of those 10% of of owners who jumped in on him, uh, you you got to reevaluate your decision making here. Uh, had the the three points in two nights, it looked great. Then doesn't do anything uh, against Tampa and is scratched uh, against Washington. And you know, based on line combinations yesterday, uh, you know, it seems like that's going to be the the case again. I, I think you just jumped a little bit too soon here. If you're in a dynasty, uh, you know, uh, keeper league, by all means, give them a look and maybe uh, see if you want to stash them away. But uh, for a redraft league, I, I think you you jumped uh, a little bit too quick on that one. I, I'm surprised to see his ownership went up quite that much. I think people reacted to a couple of things. AJ, the quick start. And then the fact that he has a pedigree with his father being a very good scorer. Brian Bellows was a great scorer in the NHL during his career. Very high draft pick. I believe he was second or third overall in his draft year. Had an outstanding career. And people are hoping that this guy walks in his footsteps. I'm sure he hopes so too. But as you said, it might be a little bit too early depending on that, uh, depending on the situation. 
New York Rangers up next. They were 2-2 two and two last week. Pavel Buknevich leading the offense. Two goals and two helpers. The youngster Kapokako is a guy that we haven't spoken about too much in terms of glowing offensive totals, but he did add a goal and two helpers. Mika Zibanejad, though, been their signature player offensively of late. Two goals and two assists for his uh, strong season that continues. In the Nets, Ilya Shesterkin picked up two wins in the two starts that he made last week. The three-headed goalie system may not be solved at the trade deadline based on recent rumors uh, sur- surrounding the rest of the trio there and the talk out of New York. So I wonder how that's going to turn out. And there is some doubt also, uh, similarly, about Chris Kreider, who, if you make up a list of uh, people that are eligible trade bait, he's got to be near the at or near the top of everybody's list. Uh, seven points in his last six games played, but recently there's talk that the Rangers might want to lock him up. So I wonder what you think uh, that might uh, shake down in both those circumstances. Well, I think the the biggest hindrance here, uh, in, in my opinion, to uh, re-signing Chris Kreider is actually the three uh, kind of goalie situation. You still have to pay Henrik Lundqvist $8.5 million, uh, next year. That's a big contract to have to shoulder the load. Ryan Strom's going to want some more money. He's making 3.1. He'll be an RFA. Do you want to keep Jasper Fat? Uh, Jasper Fast around. He's going to be a UFA after the season. Uh, so there's some tough decision making here. Uh, Georgiev is another player that needs a deal. He's going to be an RFA after this year. That's a lot of money that starts getting eaten up, especially when you have a veteran netminder who you may want to be the backup making 8.5 million at this point. Uh, I I'm certainly not suggesting that they're going to be able to make a move uh, here, you know, in the next couple of weeks, but if they could get Lundqvist off the, the books, uh, you know, with a summer deal, maybe you can look at getting Chris Kreider back. But if he hits free agency, his price tag is going to be just that much more expensive. So uh, there's some tough decisions here that they have to make. Uh, and, you know, the number of teams that have reportedly been asking about Chris Kreider is really probably going to push them into making a move because when you've got eight teams uh, trying to you know trade for a guy that price tag is just going to get higher and higher and at some point the Rangers brass is just going to say we we can't say no to this as much as we want to keep Chris Kreider around uh, we can't say no and hey maybe you trade him and then he hits free agency and you make a run at him then and, and see if you can convince him to come back but uh, I would be really surprised uh, if he stays on the team you know uh, beyond the the deadline here. In Ottawa, this team is sliding of late, a five-game losing streak, and we mentioned the situation in L.A. It really parallels what's going on in Ottawa recently. Right wing on the second line, Anthony Duclair has had a very nice season, but his ownership has uh, hit the skids a little bit, down 5% because only one assist in his last seven games played. Uh, similarly, Thomas Shabbat may be showing signs of fatigue. This was a guy who was getting upwards of 30 minutes a game for a long stretch earlier on. Only 10 shots on goal in his last seven games played. That, that for a guy who was up around three shots per game uh, for the year-to-date before that time. So a couple of players to watch there uh, dealing with a heavy workload of maybe wilting a little bit of late. One guy who's kind of gone the other way is Mike Riley on the back end. He's seen bigger minutes and been productive on the back end with five points in his last eight games. So so while Shabbat's gone one way, Riley's gone the other way on the blue line. Uh, another young prospect that they want 
big things for is Drake Batherson. They've insulated him with a third-line role on right wing, and he's really fared well of late. The five points in his last seven games played. So there is some good news to go with uh, the recent struggles in Ottawa. Uh, the future is brighter than some people think, I believe. Well, and another player, just again, to keep an eye on, I don't think it's quite time to to, to start buying on him, but uh, Nick Paul, he spent uh, a handful of games on the IR from, you know, uh, about mid-January to, to early February, uh, and two games back, no points yet, um, but just somebody to, to kind of watch and, and see if he can uh, kind of Fought, you know find his find his groove here after that injury stint they're giving him top six looks over Vladislav Nemestikov uh, who himself has been struggling of late he's pointless in his last five games so uh, Paul kind of getting a look there to, to see what he can do and I think it's a good assignment for him to play alongside uh, Anisimov and Duclair and and maybe start rolling and and get uh, get going in Philadelphia, they've gotten going of late. Uh, AJ, they were 2-1 last week, and they picked up another win against a tough opponent, uh, home, home victory against Florida. Carter Hart in the Nets with 30 saves. JVR with a goal. Sandheim, Provorov, and Giroux added singles as well. Giroux was a backhand into the empty net from the, his own goal crease. That was kind of cool to watch that one go all the way down the ice. Uh, uh, in terms of other news here, Matt Niskanen is a guy that I highlighted a couple of weeks ago. I've always liked this guy's game, and, and I know you do too, AJ. His ownership uh, up 14%. We knew the role was going to be expanded because of injuries to Gostas Bear. Uh, seven points in his last seven games played. He's really answered the bell there. In terms of the goalie situation, it's not all Carter Hart. Brian Elliott picked up two wins on a shutout in uh, three starts last week, allowing 11 goals against in his last six starts. The goaltending is in order in Philadelphia. We haven't been able to say that for years and years, but right now it looks pretty solid. Left wing on the second line has been the spot where Scott Lawton has been making his living, making a bid for more top six minutes with three goals in his last five games played. They may also get a boost... uh, on the left side from the return of Joel Farabee who had six points in six games before missing the last two so they need him and his feisty play to uh, continue to roll along I think well and you mentioned uh, you know Carter Hart uh, had a good uh, outing last night first game back from from an extended injury absence uh, stopped 30 of 31 shots uh, in a winning effort over Florida so they're going to make a real push now that's good injury news for them. Uh, a little bit more injury news uh, there. Nolan Patrick has been skating and, and kind of around practice. I wouldn't say he's necessarily been participating in practice. But uh, when asked, uh, the coach said, you know, he's basically planning as if Patrick's not going to play this year. And then if they get him back, uh, you know, it's it's bonus there. Uh, Shane Gossesbear, you mentioned, uh, was, you know, came back from that knee injury it sounds like maybe they rushed him back a little bit too quick he was absent from practice yesterday due to knee soreness uh and and didn't play last night so it sounds like that one game back might have been a little bit too soon uh there was some uh you know concern there and you know with his numbers lately and and how he struggled even when healthy you have to wonder if he even has a spot in the lineup if he's if he's fully fit uh, they may opt to keep in a guy like Robert Haig or, or Justin Braun just because Gosses Bears numbers have been so down. All right, we get to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and before I ask you about Jason Zucker, uh, I got to say Patrick Hornquist has uh, played very well of late. Four points in his six games played since his promotion to right wing on the top line, and in the Nets, they're getting a good effort from both guys. 
Matt Murray earning more goalie starts of late, four starts in his last seven games, winning three of them, and allowing only 10 goals against for one of his better stretches in in the last two months, I would say. Uh, Jari continuing his solid play, though, not letting up. Seven goals against in his last three starts, so all things in order at the in the crease. And Jared McCann is a guy who's been very good in a number of different roles here. He's slotted in very nicely on the second line, left wing. Three points in his last four games played. Bit of a tough blow on the blue line, though, as John Marino underwent facial surgery. He blocked a Steven Stamkos shot with his dentures, it seems. And uh, you wonder what the situation is for him going forward. It looks li- like he's going to be out for three to six weeks, so upsetting the defensive structure there a little bit. But uh, maybe you can talk about the defense and uh, where exactly do you see Jason Zucker fitting in? Well, I think, uh, you know, I'll start on the defense there. Uh, with Marino out, Yuso Ricola is going to get a shot uh, back in the lineup. He hasn't, you know, hasn't played in a, a couple games, uh, has been used really sparingly this year. So for now, it's going to be Ricola and Ruedel making up that third pairing. They are still waiting on Brian Dumoulin uh, to get back, but that doesn't, you know, they keep saying he's progressing, but he hasn't skated yet and so really doesn't have a timeline to return. So um, they're going to have to kind of roll with those those two guys, uh, Ricola and Ruedel, and see what they can get out of it. You know, the, the biggest downside for losing Marino is he really had given them a kind of number two right uh, D option uh, behind Chris Letang, and uh, they were, you know, able to kind of roll with those guys. So it is a big blow, but fortunately, you know, three to six weeks, compared to how long the Penguins have missed some other guys, three to six weeks uh, is is a short-term injury for the Penguins at this point. Uh, in terms of Jason Zucker, look, the the couple things made me uh, you know initially when i heard the trade i was like oh man we gave up addison i mentioned that before uh and so i was a little down on it but the more i thought about it look galchenyuk uh is was a fourth line guy for us and we needed to to move on from him it just it it's the way it was especially once nick bukestad comes back i don't even know if there was a spot in the lineup for galchenyuk so you're parting ways with him that's not a problem. A first round pick is absolutely nothing to the Penguins right now. It is a thing to trade away uh, when you're in a, a win zone. So really, you're getting a, a top six guy in Jason Zucker for Cal Addison, who is a is a wonderful prospect and I think will be a solid NHL defenseman, you know, in a year or two here. But uh, again, win now mode for Pittsburgh. The other thing I love about the trade, though, is that you're getting Zucker beyond just this year. He's not a rental. They've got him under contract for a couple more seasons. Uh, and so, you know, to instead of a rental, they call it a hockey deal by getting him. Uh, you know, he does have a big price tag, uh, 5.5 million, but you've got him for three more years. And if he clicks with Sidney Crosby, which is where I think they're going to put him, uh, you're you're really going to be happy with that. So for now. I think what you'll see today is you'll see Zucker on the left wing, Crosby, and then possibly Jared McCann over on the right. Uh, and then that'll give you Rust, Malkin, and Hornquist making up that second line. Now we'll have to see how that shakes out at practice today. Um, that's just my guess going into tonight as to where Zucker's going to fit and might be a nice little sneaky DFS option if he's playing on that top line with Sidney Crosby. In St. Louis, the Blues went 1-1-1 one, one, and one last week. Zach Sanford is a guy we pointed out uh, to keep an eye on, and his ownership is upticked by 5%. His production has been pretty steady of late as well and impressive on that count. Uh, Colton Pareko's ownership spiked by 4%. I have a lot of time for this guy. Big physical presence. Popped in four goals and one assist in the last uh, seven days, so 
good effort, great effort by him offensively. Ryan O'Reilly's picked up four assists to lead the offense up front. Uh, no surprise there. One of the top playmaking centers in the league just rolling along and getting ready for the play playoffs. It looks like he's upped his game a little bit uh, in most recent tilts. Big possibility here, though, is that Vladimir Tarasenko might stay on the IR until game one of the playoffs. Uh, this is a tactic that a couple of teams are looking at, AJ, because they can use the cap space in the regular season to add to their roster before the postseason. And look, the Blues are going to make it to the playoffs, so this might be a risk worth, worth taking if they can enhance the rest of their roster and give Tarasenko a real good chance to rest up and get totally ready. Uh, I think it's a tactic that uh, the Blues should take advantage of because they are home and cooled out as far as the playoff is concern well i just think you know it would be uh for for my money i'm not keeping a guy like tarasenko out of the lineup if he's healthy and ready to play now will i give him the full opportunity because of where they are in the standings to get healthy and in a hundred percent absolutely but i'm not sure that i want his first game back from injury being game one of the the playoffs you know maybe you know a couple you know three four games ahead of time i think would be better uh, if he's healthy enough to to do that, but you know, to your point, that's that's a big cap hit that uh, you know goes by the wayside uh, <laughs> during the the rest of the stretch here. So it's certainly an an interesting situation to watch. Um, but for my money, if if I'm you know if I'm taking over the St. Louis Blues, I want Tarasenko back in the lineup as soon as possible. Well, we'll see how that plays out because it's going to happen to a city that that's close to where I live too, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, this, for now, the San Jose Sharks is the next team up. They went two and zero last week. But they got brought back down to earth, as we said earlier, with a 6-2 loss. Aaron Dell's been playing well of late, but he did stay in net for all six goals against. 31 saves on the plus side. The goal scorers were the, the tandem on the back end that we talk about a lot. Eric Carlson and Brett Burns picking up the singles. Their offensive total is not quite where you expect them on the season, but for one night at least they did deliver what they could. Marty Jones' ownership is down 5%, and that's tied directly to Aaron Dell's recent run. But Jones also not doing his part to make a case for himself. 325 is the goals against average on the season and an 889 save percentage for a guy whose last win was December 28th. So uh, Marty Jones owners uh, have really struggled this year. And in one of my leagues, I'm one of them, I got to say. So I've been watching that situation very closely. Timo Meyer, two goals and two assists to pace the offense last week. Uh, Dell, as I mentioned, playing well until last night. Two, goal, two wins in his two starts. Uh, last week. Uh, Barkley Goodrow is the guy who's been pressed into service in the top six. That just tells you how thin things have gotten there with the injuries up front. Two points in his last six games played. He's not uh, making up for making anybody forget Logan Couture right now. And the venerable one, Joe Thornton, uh, is trying to do his part with five assists in his last four games played. Suddenly his name has cropped up in terms of a possible move at the trade deadline. You wonder if Jumbo Joe would uh, agree to a move at this stage in his career. I think there's only one or two places on his wish list, and I happen to know that one of them is Toronto. Well, I would say the other place on on Jumbo Joe's wish list is probably Boston. A return uh, to to uh, Beantown for for Joe Thornton uh, would be uh, a bit of a, a storybook uh, ending, possibly, especially on a team that made it all the way to the finals. Look, I I don't mean to. Uh, 
you know, uh, <laughs> to, to, to give you a hard time uh, on the show repeatedly. But uh, <laughs> if, you know, Toronto's a little less secure in their playoff spot at this point uh, than, than Boston, you know. So if, you're, if your goal is to be traded to a team that's going to compete for the Cup, Boston probably sounds a little bit better than Toronto right now, unfortunately. And you got the the Panthers kind of chasing them down. Uh, and if if Florida can get into that third spot in the Atlantic, the wild card race is almost uh, you know Columbus is at seventy, so that's that's four points clear of Toronto. So they're uh, a tenuous at best for a playoff spot right now. Uh, and so if I'm Jumbo Joe and I'm picking between those two, I'm probably going to Boston if my goal is to win the Stanley Cup because the worst case scenario would be he allows a trade to Toronto and then they don't make the playoffs. All right. We're going to have a meeting in the boardroom at Rotowire next week. I'm going to cite you for insubordination. <laughs> <laughs> the Tampa Lightning uh, rolling along. They might uh, actually upset Boston for uh, first place in that division. They're coming hard with a six-game win streak intact, and they added to that with a 2-1 OT win last night in Columbus that we talked about. Curtis McElhinney picking up the start and the victory in, in support of that team and giving Vasilevsky a night off. 31 saves the effort there. Kucherov got both goals point assist on both and Hedman and Sergachev uh, their top two defenders for my money uh, picked up the single assist there another guy whose ownership is up recently is with a spike is Anthony Sorelli they say he may have found something here in a really strong two-way pivot who has solidified the uh, defense structure of the, the second unit as well as scoring uh, more regular than we might have expected his up ownership is up to 62 percent on the year and another guy who's playing alongside is Andre Palat had a fine season this guy's been a key performer for Tampa for a long while but now he's a feature player in that structure of late his ownership up five percent in terms of the scoring we mentioned Kucherov and point that last night they just continued to build on what they did last week with six and five points respectively Steven Stamkos adding three goals as well Vasilevsky receding for the three wins that they picked up last week and uh, the race is on for first in the Atlantic uh, the Tampa Lightning has not, have not given up on that pursuit well, I definitely would give Pallotta a good long look uh, for, for DFS tonight. Steven Samkos didn't play uh, last night, and, and with the back-to-back, I'd be surprised uh, if he'll go tonight dealing with a lower body injury. It sounds like it's day-to-day, so certainly he hasn't been ruled out for tonight's game yet, but uh, I definitely think Pallott a player to watch. If, if you don't want to necessarily play out, uh, pay up for Pallott, Maybe look at Alex Kalorn, who's going to slot in uh, for that that second line role with Sorelli uh, and Johnson as another player to kind of uh, you know build out that that DFS lineup. He didn't get any points last night playing in in that second line role, but uh, certainly could uh, could be worth a, a look. You'll get him for a significant discount compared to Pilat, and especially both guys will be discounted compared to Stamkos. And we got to the Maple Leafs. They were 1-2-1 and one last week, but they did find, do find themselves back in a playoff spot uh, today. So that, at least there's some upward mobility in the standings. Jack Campbell has uh, fared well in his first two starts as Leaf. One win and one overtime loss on his docket. Six goals against in his first two games. His ownership, as you might expect, uh, uptick by 10% overall to 27 
Uh, some news up front that's interesting to note. John Tavares led all skaters last week with five goals and two assists, but is dealing with a flu bug uh, yesterday and today, and uh, is, uh, the status for tonight's game is a little bit unknown. So keep an eye on the lineups that Rotowire does post for an update later after practice. Meanwhile, the offense is being led, as you might expect, by the big guns. Austin Matthews, four goals and three helpers. Leads all skaters in the NHL with five-on-five goal scoring this year and is tied for the league lead with Alex Ovechkin. And I'll make this note, uh, no Leaf has ever led the league in goal scoring in my lifetime. So this is a real unique situation for me to watch a guy at the top of the standings there. Mitch Marner really been a key part of Matthew's success, picking up six assists last week as well. Uh, There's also no concrete news on Freddie Anderson on my end, AJ. He was practicing on his own for a couple of days and yesterday reported to the ice for a full team practice. So that was positive news and a good development. We can expect to see him in the Nets at some point this week, I'm sure. I'm just not sure that's tonight. So keep an eye on that. And uh, we also note that Andreas Johnson finally starting to contribute after a run on on the injury list and a sluggish start to his return. Picked up five points in his last six games played, so it's good news for the Leafs, whose offense has been good and uh, solid, but they need more variety in terms of the contributors. Well, with Tavares and, and Hyman both kind of questionable to, to play tonight, the Leafs called up Paul's other favorite player, Pontus Aberg. Uh, so I would I would kind of keep an eye on him to potentially slot into the lineup if, uh, if both those guys can't go. Uh, so something to watch there. I agree with you, Paul. I think Freddie Anderson uh, sounds like he was a pretty full participant at practice yesterday, um, but I still would be surprised if he got, got the start tonight. Uh, they do, as you said, they've got Jack Campbell, uh, who's been playing really well since since making the move over. Um, I, I think it, w- it would behoove them not to rush Anderson back in if, if they don't need to. And at this point, I don't think they do. Uh, I will tell you, if, if Michael Hutchinson was, was starting for him the last two games, they might be considering uh, rushing Anderson back in. But I think you let him, you know, maybe he backs up tonight uh and and is available if needed but i i agree i would give jack campbell one more start uh, let freddie anderson rest up and, and get ready for the stretch the vancouver canucks uh, were on a five-game losing streak before their resounding victory last night they're celebrating the retirement of the sedin twins so i expect that will boost the fortunes of this team in in uh, the next seven days as they do those celebrations the feelings are pretty positive around the club uh, as far as last night's effort jacob markstrom has really emerged as a top one of the top goalies in the league this year. 36 saves on the record uh, last night in, in addition to the victory. Mark, uh, and then uh, the offense was led by Pedersen and Miller with one goal and one assist each. They've really formed an outstanding partnership on one of the top scoring lines here. But uh, the supporting cast did chip in with goals from Vertanen, McEwen, Sutter, and Ben to uh, come up with the six goals for. Uh, in terms of the rest of the team, uh, Brock Besser has slumped recently with only two points in his last 11 games played, and now the news has gotten much worse as he's on the IR with an upper body ailment. And uh, in, other, in terms of other players here, Brandon Sutter, uh, in addition to the goal last night, three points in his last six games played. He's been playing bigger minutes here and getting that larger role and re- responding to it. Pedersen missed uh, a game last week and was minus two in his return, but uh, looked for all the world like he's back on the beam last night, so that's good news there. Markstrom, uh, though, he reflects the team's recent struggles, losing three goal, uh, three games last week, allowing 14 goals against, so it was nice for them to see him right the ship. 
And uh, we mentioned JT Miller continuing the role that he's been on before last night. Ten points in nine games played. That shows you how long and how hot he's been. He certainly found a home on the left wing on that top unit. Yeah, absolutely. And he needs just two more points to match his career high uh, from 2017-18 when he split time with the Rangers and the Lightning. Uh, And so he's right there, 56 points in, in 57 games. I wouldn't be surprised to see him push for 30 goals as we get closer to the season. Probably could challenge for 70 points as well. Uh, And so really a a fantastic uh, addition to Vancouver. Put up solid numbers uh, throughout his time in in New York and Tampa. Uh, Pretty consistently been a 40 to 50 point player. But yeah, the numbers here uh, are going to be even better this year. And uh, and, uh, definitely a guy that you want to uh, not only... Uh, you know, hold on to, uh, but I would consider him uh, maybe in in your keeper leagues. If you only have four or five players that you can keep, JT Miller might be one worth uh, worth considering in in those formats. And in Las Vegas, the team was one one and one last week, but it's the big uh, big names here that are leading the pack. Pacioretty, three goals, one helper. Mark Stone, two goals, three assists. We've expected them to chug along all season long. One other guy who struggled in that regard. It's Paul Stastny, but he's picked it up of late, too, adding four points of his own last week. So good for him for joining the party. And it's not limited to the forwards, folks. The defense is chipping in with more offense, too. We've talked about Shea Theodore, who's really turned in an, a great offensive season, maybe his best ever. Uh, two goals and two assists added to his totals. But Nate Schmidt has joined in on the uh, points party with a goal and three helpers last week and might be a good low-end fantasy option as long as he continues to produce like that the surging op- option offense though is masking uh, a problem that i think has not gone away for a while and that's mark andre fleury's ordinary play sorry partner but i'm getting a shot in here 37 goals <laughs> against in 12 starts that's over three a game in since the calendar turned to 2020 they need this guy to get into lockdown mode if they're going to have any playoff success let me tell you if there's things that i'm worried about as a vegas golden knight fan it's not mark andre fleury this guy <laughs> knows how to turn it on uh with the the win over florida last week he he jumped ahead of henrik lundquist for fifth all time on the wins list those two guys will continue to battle back and forth for that spot uh throughout the rest of their careers but uh i'm not uh not something to be worried about uh if if i'm a, a golden knights fan and if uh, you know the other thing to be excited about is it sounds like they're going to get Willie Carlson back in the lineup tonight. He's been out for a little bit due to that finger, uh, that broken finger, and he'll slot back in tonight. It sounds like uh, the new coach, Pete DeBoer, is not going to just throw him into a top six spot. He's going to make him kind of work for it. Uh, Right now, I would expect him to play in a third-line role alongside Cody Eakin and Alex Tuck. And I think that's a decent spot for them. But don't be surprised if he challenges a guy like Chandler Stephenson or Riley Smith uh, for a bigger role. Okay, while you were talking there, I had to check my notes on the Washington Capitals because I see that Alex Ovechkin has 14 goals in his last nine games played. That's incredible. And he's only two goals shy of the 700 goal chase uh, to join that exclusive ranks. Uh, Last night didn't add to the totals in a game where the Caps lost at home. Uh, Ilya Samsonov got pulled after allowing five goals on 20 shots. Holtby cleaned up with uh, the 12 save effort. Carlson, Oshie, and Eller picked up the offense uh, uh, with goals there last night, but it was not not enough to get the win. 
I'm also interested in your slant on Carl Hagelin. We've talked about him from time to time. He's really turning it on of late. They're getting depth scoring here. Seven points from him in the last eight games. Lars Eller continuing to be maybe the best third-line center in the league with five points in his last six games played. And Richard Panic, a guy that I've been high on for some time, is producing regularly of late. Five points in his last eight outings. Now, on defense, a new name has really uh, recently factored into the mix. Martin Fayerberry, a uh, recent call-up, recorded an assist while playing 19 minutes in his last each of his last two starts. This guy had 14 points in 45 AHL games. But if he gets time to play behind some of the guys up front on this team, he's going to get points by osmosis here. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, Carl Hagelin. He's a very, very hot, cold player. Um, he'll go through extended slumps. You know, he's got uh, eight points in his last nine games, but you look at just before that, he was pointless in seven in a row. That's just kind of his M.O. It, it, it turns on and off uh, for extended little bits here. So uh, ride him while he's hot, but it, but as soon as things start to go south, it, it's probably going to go south for a little while for him, and, and that's just how it goes. It's something that the team has to get used to, and you just hope that he hits one of those upswings when you get to the postseason. And you mentioned you know Ovechkin's chase for 700 here uh what I think is kind of uh you know most interesting the of the seven guys who have uh over 700 goals uh, in the NHL only one of them has done that 700 bit with one team and that's Gordie Howe uh put up over 700 with with the Red Wings there and Ovechkin will be just the second player to score 700 goals for one team so it's really uh kind of interesting in, in that uh sense as well that is a great stat AJ finally we wind up with the Winnipeg Jets they went 3-0-1 last week and it's the familiar names on offense that are leading this club Patrick Laine picked up a hat trick all three goals on the power play to account for three of his five goals along with one helper last week Cal Connor had eight points Blake Wheeler had four but uh, joining that group is Andrew Kopp picking up two goals and two assists so a good low low DFS option uh, if you feel like fitting him in while he's on a hot streak another name you might want to look at in that regard is Mason Appleton he's getting a look at second line right wing minutes in the last five games picked up two points he's competing with Jack Ruslavic uh, in in that situation he has five points in his last five games played as well so keep an eye on on the line combinations there to see which of those two guys fits in with the big boys in the top six behind them all the workhorse goalie in the NHL Connor Hallibuck picked up two more wins in three starts last week to continue his outstanding season that has really propped up the Jets and given them a shot at a postseason spot yeah I mean this is a a team that uh, you know periodically it seems like they're they're out of it you know they're they're bottom of uh, they've been close to the bottom of of the division but then they you know go on a little bit of a run they're on a three-game winning streak right now and suddenly they're right back in the mix and that's not going to change at any point this season uh i would say calgary arizona winnipeg uh, are going to be in a dogfight right to the end here uh for for those wild card spots and and they're going to need Hellubuck because you know laurent brossois is a is a fine backup but um he's not going to win them a ton of games i you know in my opinion he'll he'll get a couple here or there has five wins in his 17 appearances so far uh the goals against average is 3.48 so this is not a guy you're relying on to steal you games you throw him in for the occasional good matchup in in the back-to-back but otherwise it's going to be all hell you buck the rest of the way and that brings us to our fan duel segment partner we uh each have won big money on the uh 
games that we play here at, uh, for FanDuel. They have a great setup for hockey, and it's not just limited to the NHL. They do baseball, football, basketball, any other sport you can think about, golf. And, uh, boy, you can play for as, uh, as little as five cents a play. It's remarkable to, to have that kind of fun for uh, so little money. And, you know, if you want to go higher end, you can play big bucks for larger return, too. But uh, I like to stay in a low-rent district and, and not make it a stressful thing for me, AJ. Kind of a fun deal. And uh, that brings us to our... FanDuel optimizer, and I wonder what you think about what the lineup they put together there. Why don't you go through it for us? Yeah, so optimizer is going to start out and and pay big bucks for its first three guys here, and that starts with Nathan McKinnon at eighty eight hundred, Braden Point at seventy six hundred, and Nikita Kucherov at eighty four hundred. So really, uh, spending up on on the big guys, uh, you know, big guns tonight. You know, McKinnon has a solid matchup with Ottawa. Uh, Point and Kucherov are on the second game of the back of a back to back, but these are top line guys playing top power play, uh, and it's it's hard to you know hard to blame uh, the math for for spitting those two guys out. From there, it's going to be mostly value plays the rest of the way. So the optimizer likes Nikolai Ehlers uh, for forty nine hundred with Winnipeg. Justin Williams shows up at thirty five hundred. Yes, he's in that third line role, but we do have him slotted in with the number one power play unit, so that's going to boost his value there. Frank Vitrano, uh, 3,500. Again, a third-line player for Florida, but second power play unit. And then on the back end, the optimizer sticking with Tampa, going a full uh, four players tonight. Hedman at 5,800 and Kevin Shattenkirk at 3,900 versus Pittsburgh tonight. And then between the nets, the optimizer right now likes Philip Grubauer at 8,500. That's a great matchup for Colorado facing Ottawa. You save a little bit of money uh, on your netminder there, not paying up the, the big price tag for a guy like Vasilevsky. And, A.J., I'm going to counter with a unit where I uh, don't normally stress uh, the Leafs' contributions, but I'm going to go that route tonight for two of my big money plays, and that's Austin Matthews at the top of the heap for offense. Uh, he always gets up for the games against Arizona. $9,000 the price tag there. Paul Stastny, I talked about his recent play in Vegas. I'm going to add him for 5400 That's a really good value for me to get a top-six guy for that cheap a price and a guy who's rolling along. Mitch Marner, I talked about his playmaking ability, $7,600 his price tag, forming a great alliance with Matthews to tear up the league of late. He's actually been the leading scorer in the entire league over since the calendar turned, I might add. Nikolai Ehler is a guy who's uh, on fire with the Jets, only $4,900 the price tag against the Rangers. Andre Burakovsky, similarly on a hot streak for Colorado. He gets a visit from the Ottawa Senators tonight. I plug him in for 5200 Mark Stone's been play, playing very well for Vegas. As uh, I should note, they're playing against Minnesota, a team that's in a bit of a disarray of late. So I'm looking for the Knights to have a good evening there. How about good nights for the Knights? How about that? <laughs> Ryan Graves uh, is one of the two cheap defensemen that I plug in. He's rolling along for Colorado against Ottawa. And then Nate Schmidt, uh, another Vegas Golden Knight that I plug in. He's uh, padded his stats, and he gets a chance to do it again tonight. So I get two defensemen that are, that are playing very well for a total of $8,400. Behind them all, I'm going to go with the goalie who's riding a hot hand. Two straight shutouts. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood faces the Florida uh, Panthers, who are on the second of back-to-back. So I'm, I'm hoping they're a little bit tired and make for an easy night for the uh, homestanding goaltender. Well, so for me, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to go with, uh, you know, a, a couple of uh, mini stacks here tonight. So I like I like Matthews as well. Uh, Nine thousand for him with with the matchup. And I'm going to pair him up to kind of a high low here with Andreas Johnson at at forty four hundred. And, and I think it's a good kind of one two combination. 
Uh, I really kind of want to use Jason Zucker tonight. I, I think he's primed to, you know, show what he can do uh, for, you know, the hometown uh, team. They're, they're playing at home tonight. They're getting Tampa on the second game of a back-to-back. So I'm going to pair him up with uh, Sidney Crosby at 8,100. Now, if the lines shake out that Zucker's playing with Malkin, I'll probably switch that out and, and go Zucker-Malkin uh, to, you know, do that, that one-two pair. And then from there, I found a couple of depth guys who I think have good matchups tonight. Alex Tuck, 3,700, playing uh, against Minnesota. I like the fact that he'll get to play with with William Carlson there on that third line. And then Jimmy VC, 3,700 for first line uh, with Buffalo. They're playing at home versus Detroit tonight, so another good opportunity there. Defensively, uh, I went kind of mid-range. Didn't pay up, but didn't uh, go bottom of the barrel. I did Kel McCarr, 5,900. He's just been outstanding all season long. It's a decent price tag plus a good matchup with Ottawa. And then I went back to Buffalo with uh, Rasmus Dahlin, 5,600. Again, he's been playing great all year long and has a good matchup. And in the Nets, I said not to worry about it before. I'm going with Marc-Andre Fleury, 8,800. They're facing a Minnesota team that just lost one of their best players. Uh, and so uh, I, there's just not a ton of options there, I think, in terms of scoring you know, without Zucker. And so that's, uh, that's uh, my netminder tonight. I'm playing all three of these teams tonight. That's why I was taking notes while you were talking there, buddy. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of podcast we're gonna ramp it up with more trade talk and rumors ahead of the uh, trade deadline that's coming up in a couple of weeks our next episode a week from today will f- be full of that information please remember to send your comments or questions on twitter follow me paul bruno at statsman22 and you can follow aj at aj Scholes 24 as always we invite you to listen into podcast to get our tips to stay out of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research so long everybody 